Lekutah Sichis, Volume 17, The Fifth Sicha for Vayikra. Article, the title, The King and His Eye. Being that the book of Exodus concludes with the building of the tabernacle, hence the book of Leviticus begins with the different offerings that take place in the tabernacle. Among them, different types of sin offerings, and among them, for different personalities, such as the high priest, the judges, and the king. On the verse concerning the the sin offering of the king, I quote, If Asher, Asher, the Hebrew word is going to play a big role here, Asher Nasi, and it means if a leader of Israel sins and and unintentionally commits one of all the commandments. Now, Rashi wanting to know about the unusual terminology of Asher, which is normally the word would be Im, if. So he says as follows. Quote, an expression of ashray, fortunate is. Fortunate is the generation whose leader gives attention to bringing an atonement, offering for his unintentional sins. How much more will he experience remorse for the sins he has committed willfully? End of Rashi's comment on this verse. Question. Rashi defines his work as, I quote to you from in Genesis, he writes, I have come only to teach the simple meaning of the scripture and such agada, which is non-legalistic exegesis, that clarifies the words of the verses, each word in its proper way. Now, here other commentaries take a simple meaning of the word asher, approach, such as the Ibn Ezra says it is connected to that which is written above, that is, and if the whole congregation of Israel does the sin, and it goes on to say, our verse continues, as it were, states Asher, and if the one who sins is the ruler, and goes on to say the laws. Now, Nachmanides, he also takes a simple meaning approach to the word Asher, Asher, and he says like this, quote, in some cases it indicates time, such as Ka'asher, Yosef. It says, when Joseph came unto his brethren. So here the word he's referring to is Asher, but with the letter Kof, Ka'asher, in the beginning. Now let's continue what he's saying. Similarly here too, Asher is like Ka'asher and indicates time. When a leader sins with the letter cuff of cognizance, which would make it kasher when missing. Now, why does Rashi take the homiletic approach of our sages built on the Medrash and Torah Kohanim, built on the Talmud in Tractic Horiot, where asher means fortunate from the word ashray, without even first giving the simple definition and then, if needed, to add on, as he would usually say, he would start by saying, and our sages expound and give a second interpretation. Why does Rashi here completely avoid the, the simple approach, the simple meaning of the word asher, which would be when or if? More questions. And even if we say that ashray, which is fortunate, can be the simple meaning of asher, according to Rashi, nevertheless, one, What is Rashi's proof that the verse is saying fortunate is the generation and not the leader himself? The verse says, Asher Hanasi, the the prince. It doesn't say the generation. So the Asher meaning fortunate should be referring to the prince. And nevertheless, Rashi says it refers to generation.
Question number two. How is the fortunate is the generation expressed in the, quote, whose leader gives attention to bringing an atonement offering for his unconditional sins? Question number three. Of what importance is it to know fortunate is the generation in order to understand the sin offering of a leader, which is what these verses are speaking of? And... Last question over here, number four, in the teaching of the sages, where it says the original where Rashi took it from, the Medrash and the Talmud, it says, fortune is the generation, and this is followed with the explanation. If he, the, is his, if his leader brings a sin offering, it follows to then say that how much more so the layman does so. There's a reason to why the, the generation is fortunate for having a leader that would acknowledge his sin and do teshuva. However, Rashi admits this. Hence, according to Rashi, what is the reason for the fortunate is the generation? Next, yet more questions. The teaching of the sages reads, fortunate is the generation whose leader brings a sin offering for his unintentional sins. While Rashi changes that verbiage and he says not whose leader brings, but he says who gives attention to bringing an atonement offering for his unintentional sins. Number two, being that Rashi defines the, fortunate is the generation, to be, gives attention to bringing an atonement offering for his unintentional sins, then why doesn't Rashi include in his heading, Rashi always has a heading which quotes the verses of the verse upon which he's going to comment. He does not say the words, he shall bring his offering, or at least allude to it with an etc., Rashi just says the words, Asher Nasi Yechta. We're talking about the sin, not the bringing atonement. The explanation. Firstly, Rashi needn't point out that his commentary here is that of such agada that clarifies the, ver- the words of the verses. Why? Since Rashi did so in his previous commentary on a similar verse, about 20 verses earlier, reflecting on the bond between the entire Jewish people with the sinner being a public figure, a shepherd. What does the verse say there? If the anointed Kohen, the high priest, sins, bringing guilt to the people... Over there, Rashi says, quote, and its plain meaning according to Agadah, when the Holy Prince sins, it is the guilt of the people, for they are dependent upon him to atone for them and pray for them. And now he has become impaired, the high priest. Now, secondly, Rashi can't be speaking of the fortunate is the generation being because of the people of the generation will learn from their leader to bring sin offerings for their unintentional sins. For if so, why isn't this in the first verse concerning the if the anointed Kohen sins? Where not only don't we say fortunate is the generation, but rather quite the contrary. Over there the verse says, La'ashamat ha'am, bringing guilt to the people. Now, we can say that the lesson from the king who is exalted and nevertheless is humble enough to bring a sin offering is more effective, hence fortunate is the generation. However, on the other hand, the lesson of the high priest who, A, it is far and uncommon for the anointed priest to sin, being separated from the masses due to his holiness and continuously serving in the holy temple, 
Second of all, and nevertheless, he humbly brings a sin offering for an unintentional sin. And third of all, the high priest's sin offering, unlike the leader's sin offering, which is done in the temple, the high priest's offering has to be taken outside of all the camps and hence is seen by all. Therefore, if the fortunes of the generation would be because of the people of generation will learn from their leader, then the Torah should have definitely used the term Asher first in the early verses of the high priest bringing a sin offering for an unintentional sin before it talks about the leader, the king. Therefore, Rashi, unlike the Medrash and the Talmud, is certain that in the realm of the simple meaning of the verse, this is not the reason for the fortunate is the generation. And hence, Rashi omits this in his commentary. It's not about people learning from the leader, the king, to be humble and to do bring a sin offering. Rather, the reason must be something else which the high priest bringing a sin offering does not have. Now, before we go further, a final two questions. In its simple meaning, the word Asher denotes that we are in middle of a subject. For Asher, which normally means when, when, which, who, is simply not how to start a new discussion. Hence, what is the connection between the leader's sin offering and the portion of the sin offering of and if the entire community of Israel errs? And Rashi says that we're not talking about just the Jewish people erring, but we're talking about specifically that the Supreme Court gave a ruling and they acted upon their instructions and now they see that the ruling was wrong. So what is the connection between those verses of the, the judges making a mistake and the Jewish people following and now having to bring a sin offering and the immediately next verses, which begins with a word asher, which means we're in the middle of a subject of the kings bringing a sin offering. Now, number two, if the fortune is about the leader bringing a sin offering, then why is the word Asher written with the, a leader's sins and not with the, and he will bring his offering? These two questions lead Rashi to conclude that the fortunate is a generation is not about the leader actual bringing the offering, but about something connected to the sin. Hence, Rashi changes the wording of the original teaching from whose leader brings a sin offering to gives attention to bringing an atonement offering. And we're about to see that. It is needless to say that when a Jew brings a sin offering, he feels, and he's obligated to feel, remorse. However, concerning that sin, which is, and if the entire community of Israel sins because they follow the instructions of the Supreme Court of Israel, which was seated in the Holy Temple, how can it be that every Jew, albeit that the verse declares that the ent- entire community of Israel is, but how can they feel remorse when they did exactly what God commanded them to do, which is to follow the ruling of the Jewish court? Hence, Rashi sees the immediate next verse of Asher, denoting that we are in the middle of explaining a point, and that this point is why the generation is fortunate to have a leader and not the high priest sins, and not when he brings his sin offering, but about the prince sinning. Why? 
Now we understand why Rashi saw no need to give us the simple, simple meaning of the word asher, meaning if, but rather the need to go straight to the, it's plain, meaning according to that gada, which is the plain meaning of starting with ashray, which denotes that we are in middle of explaining a point, namely, that of understanding how every Jew could feel remorse for the sin they performed by doing the mitzvah of listening to the ruling of the Jewish court. How does this work? We are speaking here of the leader not only bringing the sin offering and observing the Torah law, but that he must bring a sin offering even for mistake and unintentional sin. But rather, what are we speaking of here? That the leader gives attention to. Literally, the words of Rashi is, gives heart to, bringing an atonement, meaning he feels deep remorse for having done even an unintentional sin. And how much more he will feel experience remorse for the sins he has committed willfully. This, the leader's feeling remorse and for an unintentional sin is one, what the Asher in middle of explaining a point is about. And two, what the Asher fortune is a generation is about as they will learn from their leader to feel remorse for sins that are even practically not their fault. The difference between the impact of the leader and the high priest upon the people is the job of the high priest is to atone for them and to pray for them, while the job of the leader is to lead the people. In other words, the high priest is about after the person sins to teach him how to atone for his sin. While the leader's job is to teach the people through his own sensitivity to the gravity of sin to not sin in the first place. This is why it is by the leader that the verse says, Asher, fortunate that your generation is not sinning in the first place. Mystically speaking, here leader is speaking about, and I quote from the Talmud, this is a king as it is stated when a leader sins and performs any one of the mitzvot of the Lord his God that shall not be performed. Now, the Talmud learns out from those words of the Lord his God, referring to one who has only the Lord his God over him and no other authority. This is only the king. So we're talking here about a king, not just a regular leader. Hence, Rashi states, fortunate is the entire generation. Now, the difference between the king and the high priest is that the high priest's job is to influence the people to have love for God, while the king's job is to influence the people with a self-negation and fear for God. Now, Tanya says that love is the root of the 248 positive precepts, thou shall. And here this would be to actually bringing the sin offering. While fear is the root of the 365 prohibitions, thou shall not. And here, this would be feeling the gravity of a sin, which is fearing to rebel against the supreme king of kings. Deeper yet, we are taught also in Tanya, unintentional sins comes about because of the strengthening of the animal soul, which is of noga. Noga means a somewhat transparent husk that yet allows for some light to shine through mundane. So it's not impure, it's mundane. In other words, it is the intense sense of I that leads to an unintentional sin. 
Love allows for an intense sense of I, while fear breeds self-nullification. Therefore, by the high priest, which we said is about love, the verse states the guilt of the people. While by the king, which is all about fear, it states fortunate is the generation. For by having fear and self-abnegation of the I, we won't even fall into unintentional sins. The lesson. Zohar teaches man is like a small world. Hence within man, there is a melech, king. Now, Melech in Hebrew has three letters. These three letters we are taught refer to the three rulers over the entire body. The Mem, the M, Melech, stands for Moach, brain. The Lamed, Lach, is Lev, heart. And the K is the Kaved, which is the liver. Of which the first letter, which is the primary ruler, is the Mem, the Moach, the head, which has to rule over the Lev, the heart. And the lesson here is to be fortunate by having our king, our internal king, the head, gives heart, has sensitivity. What that mystically means is gives heart means it controls the heart. Which then, I quote to you from Tanya, each person may, with the willpower in his brain, restrain himself and control the drive of lust that is in his heart, preventing his heart's desires from expressing themselves in action, word, or thought. End of quote from Tanya. And if he did sin... Then with a deep understanding, again, the head understanding of the gravity of sin, he, quote, gives heart, which means breaking the heart with remorse, causing, and I conclude with a last quote from Tanya, the removal of the spirit of impurity and the other side.